Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 over par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season three of the pod where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. Lots of beer. Lots of beer, JR. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you dugout. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by former Winnipegger and Golf Manitoba Junior Team member, John Ricchetti. He's a low handicapper currently living outside Mobile, Alabama, where he hosts the John Ricchetti Golf Show on ESPN Radio. First and foremost, we're back. We did not disappear we are alive. Mm-hmm. We are back. We were just golfing a lot. I know, Mike, you took some time off there. I think a week you got up to Clear Lake. Got up to Clear Lake. Got up to Gilbert Plains. Nice uh, nice drive up there. Played Gilbert Plains. That was on my one of my bucket list course in Manitoba. Uh, absolutely amazing. It was lush. Uh, lots of wacky holes up there. Crazy dog legs. Hitting 300 feet up. Uh you know, it's just great stuff. And then I uh, got down to Minidosa. I guess it's not down, but it's down from Clear Lake. So uh, shout out to Patrick Law. He uh, hosted me and my uh, my wife, Brett. And Brett got her first birdie at uh, her le- first legit birdie at Minidosa. So uh, uh, Dosa that's National. awesome. Dosa, Dosa National. It was beautiful. So uh, lived up to the hype. Get out there. Checked two off my bucket list. And uh, it was awesome. And we also got to play together as well at Southside. So shout out to Jacqueline Kersiba, the general manager there, the daughter of the Lifetime Achievement Award winner with the PGA of Manitoba, Sandy Kersiba. We got to play with Sandy. And John, don't call me Scoops Hillary. A great (laughs) time, great track. We really appreciate the hospitality. The food there is fucking awesome. So you Unbelievable. Get the to go to Southside, and they got a huge ladies' league. I think it's something like over 500 women in their ladies' wow. league there, which is which is crazy. Yeah. So if you're single and looking to mingle, that may be a spot you want to haunt if you're a man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was my that was my first time going out to the Southside. Unbelievable. I, I uh, what was it? I started for after three holes, I was one under, and after five holes, I was five over. Well, then so. Sandy got into your head. That's why the former <laughs> That's right. the former you know pro pro. Got into the old noodle there, t- teaching you a few things, and then your, <laughs> then your mind started he said, going uh, crazy. He was he got in my kitchen, and yeah, the doors the doors aren't locked in the kitchen. It's uh, pretty easy to get into my kitchen, and things went south, but uh, managed to salvage around there. So it was a great day. And final uh, couple of shoutouts here to Ken Porteous. Uh, him and his son were on earlier this year. We got a question coming up here for. The other JR who is on the show right now. 
uh, which will be uh, John will ask you that in a little bit here. But also um, want to say to Marshall Patterson, thank you, buddy. The pro in Rancho Vista. I met him and his wife here in the city when they were visiting some family. They gave both Mike and I, although Mike, you haven't received your balls yet, the Pro V1X left dash. Those things are great. So you know I'm a Callaway Chrome Soft guy, but these balls, they go far and they go straight. I golf with Adam Ireland at Southwood, and he got to see what those Pro V1 left dashes could do. And nice. it certainly was impressive. And then I hit him so hard, they disappeared into the water. <laughs> well, that's, I'm glad I haven't, uh, haven't received them yet. I, I look forward to smashing them into some, some virtual screens. <laughs> yeah, if they allow you to do so. But I might be going down there. I might be going down to, to L.A. in December nice. to uh, meet up with Marshall Patterson and his wonderful wife. Marshall's a great dude. His wife, even better. So I look forward to uh, seeing those two in L.A. in the not-too-distant future, and we'll keep you updated here on the pod. Yeah. But, uh, let's get into the fun stuff here. It has been a while. We haven't said thank you to Bryce Matlashewski. We can't say thank you enough to Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce, 204-515-3446. We also have all of his info in our link tree. Go to our social media bios, click on that link and baby it's right there for you and his beautiful face bryce's beautiful face will pop up so thanks bryce sorry we didn't get to golf with you this season but we'll hit the sims we'll hit the sims he's probably a sim guy i'm not sure i'm sure he just, we can we, we can, can lock golf. him down yeah golf and go to earls on main after <laughs> get it done all right sounds fun john so where are you coming to us from john well, boys, I'm coming to you from uh, Point Clear, Alabama. So uh, it's down down on the Gulf Coast, and uh, just really excited to be on with you guys. I've heard a lot of good things about you guys, your podcast, and um, fired up, ready to go. I love Winnipeg, love talking golf and hockey, whatever you guys shoot at me, and uh, just thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for for coming on. And how? Did, so you were born and raised in Winnipeg, correct? Correct. Yes. Played, uh, call it, played, uh, golf, but I left Winnipeg when I'm, uh, I guess it was 18, 18 years old. So it's been a long time, over 40 years now. And, uh, played golf at Mississippi, Southern Mississippi, along with Glenn Natchik and Ferbs and, uh, uh, Glenn Natchik went on to a, uh, glorious, uh, career, obviously on the PGA tour, Nike tour, PGA tour and so forth. And, uh, but just my wife's from down here. And next thing you know, you fast forward, uh, 30 plus years and a couple of children. And here I am nestled in, in point clear, Alabama. Yeah. It's amazing how many Manitobans have, you know, burst the borders and have ended up, uh, whether it be down South, out East, out West, uh, we're, we're everywhere. We're worldwide, uh, including yourself here. How did you end up getting into the game of golf? Was it a parent? No, just a couple of friends. I mean, just, uh, yeah, you really, it's a great question. I don't really know how it came about just some buddies golfing. And, uh, I was, you know, born and raised in the, you know, just in the North end there. And I can remember getting on the bus to go to Kildonan to play. Uh, to play golf at Kildonan Park, so uh, it's uh, it's a long way, but yeah, I just got and ended up playing golf at Elmhurst and uh, uh, had a couple of seasons even at Pine Ridge, and uh, but pretty much, I, you know, I stay close in touch with all my friends there in Winnipeg. I come into the city every year in August for 
probably 10 to 14 days. And I tell you, I've been blessed to play, to go all over to play golf and stuff, but there's something about coming back to Winnipeg and hanging out with my buddies and playing golf around the city and so forth that I really do cherish. Uh, I've been coming back for probably 25 straight years, other than the one year when COVID closed the border and I was really pissed off. But other than that, I haven't missed a season. It's good that you come back in August and not in uh, January or February. <laughs> no, I tell you, I would, uh, I, I would do it. Uh, you know, I love the jets and uh, I love, uh, you know, I still follow hockey. I, I got the ESPN plus app and I'll watch, you know, I, uh, like coyote. It's funny as you talk about that because I was a diehard jets fan and then the jets moved in 96 to Arizona, the Phoenix. And I became a coyotes fan to this day. I still watch the coyotes. So I'll watch the jets and then I'll have, you know, the coyotes are late night. So I'll watch, I usually watch a couple of games a night uh and then so forth and so i watch both teams all the time i keep up with both teams and i like the leafs too but those uh the winnipeg jets and the arizona coyotes are the two teams that i prominently watch in the nhl nice did you play hockey growing up yes sure did sure did play hockey uh and, you know played i guess i guess it was like tier two tier one they had the different tiers i don't know if they still that have that today but yeah i played hockey and it was uh it was a lot of fun. It was a little on the smaller side, but uh, I could shoot the puck pretty good. But I ended up, you know, focusing on. Had always had, you know, the joke was I always had two sets of friends. I'd have hockey season, and we get to the end of the playoffs, and we get out, and my buddies would go, "Well, I guess we won't see Jr. all summer." Because then I, I'd flip over to my golf buddies, and I'd have <laughs> hockey buddies, golf buddies, and I'd flip all over, and I wouldn't see him until the fall, until hockey training camp would start again. And I guess you were a pretty good junior golfer too, weren't you? You ended up on, was it one or two of the junior teams here in Manitoba? Yeah, yeah, I did. And uh, yeah, I did. Uh, it was fun. I can't remember what year it was, maybe 83, 82, 83. I was on the teams a couple times, but uh, it was good. There's a lot of good, uh, that's when, uh, you know, Todd Fanning and, you know, you look at the career that he went on, uh, to, you know, he's a great player and I actually was, uh, ran into him this summer. So, uh, you know, that's it there. I know Dave, uh, Rob McMillan's a good friend of mine to this day. And I talked to him quite honestly, his brother, Dave's a really good friend of mine, but yeah, those are the day, a lot of great players, uh, obviously, uh, in, in Manitoba. And so what then compelled you to go South? I got a golf scholarship to Mississippi, Southern Mississippi. It's, uh, you know, back in those days, it's funny how you, you talk, you know, to this day, you look at the game of golf. I mean, we're talking upwards of, you know, 40 years ago now, um, 58 years old. And um, back in the day that I can remember shooting 75 and the college coach would you be high fiving and stuff. You shoot 72 is like, whoa, great round. 69 would be like, you know, the whole tournament would be talking about it. Now today, you know, my son played at uh, UAB and, enough to you know, play in two NCAA championships and uh, you know you go out there and watch them and you see these kids play today it's it's incredible but it's it's like the game has changed like three full shots I tell people all the time that in the last 30 to 40 years it's like you know 72 is really good and even at, you know even tournament golf and you look at even back in the day when you played provincial golf in Manitoba you shoot 72 around par you were doing really well even today you know, that's like guys are shooting seven, eight, nine under winning tournaments. Now that's how much the game has changed uh, in the last 30 to 40 years. It's like three full shots. The 75 is, is, is 72. The 72 
is now 69. And then the really, really good round is 66. So it's, it's changed a lot. No question about it. And we also saw, and you uh, did mention to us before we came on the show, and you brought him up here, Glenn Natchek, you ended up caddying for him a little bit too. Yeah, he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, uh, yeah, I've got a win on the bag. I, we won in Mississippi on the then was I think the Nike Tour, and uh, he played the Hogan Tour, Nike Tour, the Buy dot com, and then I think he played eight or nine straight years on the PJ Tour. I was caddying for I guess the greatest moment. I guess, I guess one of the memories I watched. I think it was nine when Tiger Woods that was at Royal Montreal. Uh, Princess Diana had just passed in a tragic, in the, obviously in that car accident. Um, but uh, I will never forget Royal Montreal caddying, caddying there, and Tiger was in the field. I think that was the only cut he missed in, in the you know ever. Uh, then he rattled off about two hundred cuts in a row. But uh, it was incredible at Royal, the fans and so forth. And uh, I remember his name in the third round got to the top ten on those electronic digital leaderboards. After he chipped in on the 17th hole, it's it was incredible. I got in the top ten, but and then faltered in the final round, 76. But no, it was good. I, that's probably great one of the memories and and the people of Canada cheering Canada, go Glenn and everything it was it was pretty remarkable. That's one of the, one of the moments I cherish. Uh, I think that's even a bigger moment than having a win on the Nike Tour carrying the bag was was the start at Royal Montreal in '96. Did you, do you have to do any prep work or quizzes before Glenn let you on the bag? <laughs> no, nah, I played so much golf with Glenn. We, you know, he was from Selkirk, and we played a lot together at Pine Ridge. And like, I played probably a million rounds of golf with him. So I knew his game inside out. He knew my game inside out, and, and so forth. So uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. No question about it. And so you did then travel around with them a little bit too. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I got. I, I was. I was a full time all the time because I had a family. You know, starting a family and so forth. So uh, I couldn't really go. It wasn't going on a lot of the times. But no, I. I had probably I'd say uh, ten or fifteen probably rounds tournaments on the you know caddying for. So it was pretty good. Huh? It was good being inside the ropes back, you know, back to Royal Montreal and Tiger was there. And that was when Fluff was caddying for him at the time. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it was, it was pretty incredible to be able, you know, inside the ropes and stuff uh, to get that close to Tiger within an arm's length and so forth. And, you know, that was just when he was coming on tour. But, you know, you fast forward 10, 10, 12, 15 years past down the road from there, obviously becoming one, you know, the number one in my mind in his prime was the number one athlete around the world in all sports was Tiger Woods. But it was pretty interesting to watch him and his demeanor and the way he went about himself on the range and on the golf course and the amounts of power back then with the steel shaft that he used to hit the golf ball was incredible. Well, Mike is wearing, you can't see it because we are an audio only podcast for now, <laughs> but Mike threw on the Alabama Crimson red. Is it crimson? Or am I thinking of yeah. bird? Yeah, oh, yeah. Crimson red, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The golf shirt. That's right. The Alabama yeah. golf shirt. Roll, Roll tide. tide. Roll Tide. That's right. I was just, matter of fact, I was just at the LSU game this past weekend. Uh, I go to all the games. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty good. I, You know, the guy, you know, it's. Uh, I've met Coach Saban a few times. Uh, Greg Byrne, the athletic director, is a good friend of mine. Um, it's uh, pretty It's pretty awesome. It's uh, to, to, to watch a game at Bryant-Denny Stadium is uh, pretty it's pretty incredible as a matter of fact it was about three or four years ago i was waiting in line and i usually sit up in a box 
up at one of uh, one of the luxury boxes at, at Brian Denny Stadium. And I was going up to the elevator outside, and I looked up, was getting there. It was a lot, of, you know, to give us like a half hour before kick. And there was a guy standing in line with a Winnipeg Blue Bombers jersey. I looked <laughs> no at the double tick. I said, "That's a Blue Bombers jersey." So I, of course, I went up to the guy. You know, I got out of the line. I went up to the guy. Hey, man, you from Winnipeg? He said, "Yeah." And I said, "I am too." Originally, this and that. He goes, "No way." I said, "What are you doing here?" He said, "It was a bucket list." He was from Saint Vital. I obviously was. I can't remember his name, but he was from Saint Vital. The bucket list was to come to Bryant Denny Stadium to watch an Alabama game. And it was pretty just pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I hear it's quite the uh, spectacle, especially the uh, that LSU Alabama game. Like, I don't how many people attend that. One hundred four. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, it's and incredible. We, and we can't even get twelve thousand fans to a Winnipeg Jets game. <laughs> well, that's you know, it's uh, we got to support the Jets. We got to support the Jets. You got to support them, folks, because if we don't support them, uh, you know, the next thing you know, we won't have a hockey team. And I know how the city suffered when the Jets left in '96. For I guess it was what like 10, 12 years they weren't without a professional team, but it'll yeah. come around. They will. And JR and myself are proud season ticket holders. So we We're trying. we give Love about it. we give about fifty percent of our paychecks every week to True North Sports and Entertainment. So shout out to them. <laughs> True North Mafia. Uh but uh <laughs> so you, you you don't miss a game down there? You go to most of the games. That's that's I go to every every home game. Well yes, every home game, especially the SEC game. It's like uh, so I guess we got one game left. I can't remember who it is. Tennessee, Chattanooga, uh, non I don't know if I'm going to be at that game. Probably not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm at every game. I was at Texas, Texas, Tennessee, Ole Miss, you know, every game, Arkansas. It was a pretty good season. They must have a pretty good, uh, golf program down there. Oh yeah, well sure they do. Coach Sewell, good for another friend of mine. He's they're just building a new facility on campus, twenty five million dollar uh, facility uh, for the golf team, boys and girls, and uh, men and ladies. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's going to be a nine hole course. Uh, Davis Love is designing it. It's going to be a nine hole course with a range and so forth, clubhouse routine, hitting bays, and so forth. It's uh, it's supposed to be apparently. Uh, Greg Byrne told me it's going to be ready. They hope in uh, September, upcoming, you know, twenty fourth. So hopefully it is, and uh, it's going to be good. They're good. They're nationally ranked team, and you look at all the players that they they've produced in the last five or six years. You know, fifteen twenty years ago, Alabama really wasn't thought as a golf program as far as a powerhouse nationally mm-hmm. ranked, but they are today. And and you, and you see the shifting in a, in basketball too, right? Because Alabama is known for one thing. I mean, you talk, you go around the world and you say one thing, they tell you from Alabama, the one thing they know is Alabama football. That's it. That's what puts Alabama, you know, on the state, on the map is Alabama football. And you look at their basketball program, Coach Oates has done a wonderful job there, and they're going to be, they're really good too. So uh, they've come a long way also. So they're, they got they got some good athletics, no question. Who, uh, who would have been some of the tour guys now that came out of that, that program? Like the well, obviously, oh yeah. Well, obviously, uh, lately, Justin Thomas. Oh, I heard uh, of him. Heard of him. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. JT. Yeah, he's. Uh, I've talked to him a few times. But I've, 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 uh, Robbie Shelton is there, right? 
you know, he's on tour. He's going to have his card again. He's really good. He's from Mobile. Uh, went to school at St. Paul's. My son played a lot of golf with him. I know him real well. Davis Riley, uh, I think he's on tour now. He's, he's played really well. He's got, I think, probably the best, if not the top three swings in all on the PJ Tour. Davis Riley, he's a good guy. He swings at it really good. Uh, they they got you know they, they got a slew of Trey Mullenix. Uh, they got a slew of uh, Michael Thompson. You know, the list goes on. They got about four or five guys. Uh, and then uh, that have played on the PJ Tour that have really done. Uh, Lee Hodges, another one. Uh, he's done really, really well too. So they got some guys that are can, that can flat out play, no question. Yeah, and Jr. Oh, both Jrs. Uh, I think what we heard earlier this season is these guys in Division One NCAA golf. They're you know they they could easily just. W- play in and tour events and and you wouldn't see any difference you know they're, they're going to win it but they could certainly hold their own there's not a lot of separation between uh you know the top tiers of ncaa and maybe the pga tour or some of those uh you know whether it be uh what do we call them now web.com or not corn uh, fairy uh corn fairy <laughs> corn fairy quite a while since we've recorded it but it's uh, okay would you agree Oh, no. Well, yeah, you got, uh, well, the premier players in college golf, I mean, the pre- premier, you know, the guys like, okay, uh, you know, well, here's a prime example. Uh, Nick Dunlop is a reigning U.S. amateur champion who plays at the University of Alabama. Nick Dunlop. Uh, he's a really, obviously a good player. He's playing on TV. Okay. And I, you know, if it wasn't for NIL, which is another talk in itself, which I believe is ruining college athletics, in my opinion, um, is, is would, would probably have turned pro after he won the U.S. Amateur, because he won the U.S. Junior, wins the U.S. Amateur, and he's got all kinds of boatloads of money. But I understand someone told me that TaylorMade's paying him a lot of money, and uh, he's staying there, and he's probably going to hang out for another year only because of NIL. Uh, Gordon Sargent, University of Vanderbilt, you know, plays at Vanderbilt from Birmingham, Alabama, Know him well. Another guy. These guys are top five guys in the world, amateur players. He's another guy that's, uh, you know, those are the guys when you talk about those guys playing at Division One. those are the guys that will be on television playing golf. No question. I mean, then you got some of the guys that are good. They grind through the mini tours, work their way up. But then you got a handful of guys that are just that good and they will play. That's why they get, they, that's why the PGA Tour created PGA Tour tour university where they get ranking points from playing collegiate collegiate events and you get points based on how the strength of the field is of the college event that you're playing in at the end of the year they're going to grant you know i think it's i don't know how many cards it is 15 or 20 uh whether it's corn ferry tour or pga tour cards so there's a so you bypass going to corn ferry tour uh because uh you know the only way to get to the pga tour now is through the corn ferry tour uh, but yeah, there, those sort of guys that can play. Yes. The names I just rattled off. Uh, yeah. Those are the type of guys will be playing on television. 
We take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Well, Bryce, it's uh, it's great to uh, to have you on and to have a quick chat. My first question is, uh, what can an investment advisor like yourself from Endeavor Wealth uh, do for me, and how can that differ from my my current experience of trading with Wealthsimple uh, just based on my the recent Twitter feeds. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on, you guys. Yeah, d- discount brokers like Wealthsimple uh, certainly have their place, uh, but at the end of the day, you get what you you pay for. Uh, those platforms are very limited in what they offer, and they're more ideal for just basic trading. So if that's what you're looking to do, it, it, it's really not a bad platform for that. But what we do at Endeavor, uh, we take a more holistic approach. Uh, we examine an individual's needs, uh, both short-term and long-term, and we go way beyond just investments. We look for tax opportunities, ensuring the decisions you are making today uh, minimize your overall tax that you might be paying. Uh, we also help our clients address estate and insurance needs. So really anything we can do to uh, assist in your overall wealth management approach. And going back to some of those discount brokers and, and, and things that you see on the internet, uh, a lot of times people don't realize the amount of intrinsic risk that they're taking on with with making some of those trades and so finding balance is is another key thing that we do for our clients at at endeavor that was bryce malashewski who is an investment advisor with endeavor wealth management part of ia private wealth and a member of the canadian investor protection fund you can contact bryce at 204-515-3446 you mentioned nil and was that name image and likeness likeness yeah, and they, the uh, college players will get, you know, money from from that. So that's you're saying is that um, that's not good for the sport? I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, because because you've got to. I mean, uh, like it's just like football. Let's just go because football is it's the it is what pays bills. I mean, football pays collegiate sports. I mean, you go to women's, and I'm all for women playing sports. Women's basketball and ninety percent of ninety percent of universities in the United States loses money in the athletic department. You have to fund it. It's football that drives the athletic departments. So the only way you're recruiting these kids, you're going to you know you're going to come to Winnipeg. You got some hot shot running back. He's the greatest thing since since you know sliced bread. And it's unbelievable. And he wants you know he wants a million dollars, or some other school is going to pay him a million dollars or you know five hundred thousand. They come so I, I don't I don't think I, I don't think I know coach Saban Alabama doesn't like it he thinks it's kill you know it's root it's killing the sport because it's all about money now who can raise the most money you got Texas yeah. you got the Texas Texas a and those people they rule the roost as far as deep pockets in athletics they got the boosters that'll you know that got the cash so it's down to like who can pay the most it used to be like who could recruit the best what's the best fit for my for you to play at a sport at now it's about who's going to pay you the best. So I don't really like it. Um, that's just me in general. I don't really like it. Now I'm all in favor of these kids getting paid some sort of money because at the end of the day, you're wearing a Jersey. And if you want to talk, continue to talk about the university of Alabama, you're on that football field. They are making a lot of money, a lot of money, and you're not getting a piece of the pie. So technically 
yeah, I, I, I got no problem with giving these guys three grand a month or something while they're in school, something enough. Hey, listen, you're not going to get rich off three grand a month. I mean, but you know, you're getting five, even whether it's five, I don't know, whatever the number is. I mean, why not? You know, I, mm-hmm. that's not an issue, but paying a guy a million dollars or, you know, you know, going over cause I can get a million if I sign at Texas or if I go to Alabama, they're only giving me 500 grand. I don't yeah. like it. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. That's uh, that's fair. Well, if you, if you pay us enough, we'll jump over to your show. So you actually have a, a golf show as well. How did you get involved in that? Yeah, it's uh, it's on ESPN Radio, uh, obviously affiliate here on the Gulf Coast, and uh, it's been 27 years now. Um, it's done. It's grown. Uh, I got a, a good following. It's fun. Uh, I talk a lot of national. You know, I keep it local, regional. Uh, but uh, it's you know, I get guests, local guests, national guests whatever and uh it's it's been real good and it's it's built a brand for myself i mean uh when it comes to golf uh, on the gulf coast here uh, you know people look up to me and look up to what is jr doing what's jr play what's hey that's jr i hear him all the time or he's you know he's a good dude or this and that it's it's uh it's done so I, i'm blessed that it's uh it's given me a, a platform and an opportunity to grow myself my brand uh, and so forth. And, uh, and it's, you know, it obviously comes with a lot of perks and, and so forth, but, uh, it's, it's good. And it's been fun. I don't know how much longer I'll be doing it, but, uh, I'm still, uh, alive and kicking and I really enjoy it. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's sponsored by Miller light. And so we don't have a beverage sponsor yet, <laughs> but Mike, what are you drinking tonight? I got, uh, I'm drinking the torque, uh, which beer, in a in a half pints glass and uh and i got a i got a bubbly as well but uh yeah keep it low the torque yeah uh, but it's good and i mean uh we'd happy to get a sponsorship by any local brewery and you know i i'd even uh i'd even be willing to get a sponsorship from miller light if they threw us <laughs> a, a few bananas uh, but uh, maybe I can get you a couple. Maybe we can get you a couple of cases delivered to you. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'd take that too. Yeah. Oh yeah, we sell out pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So is that a, is that a weekly show that you're doing? Yeah, it's it- weekly. Yeah, it's weekly. Um, so I'm on for an hour on Monday nights, and then I'm on on Monday mornings and on uh, in the sports center. I'm on Monday mornings radio here locally uh for five minutes fridays for five minutes so um yeah and then an hour uh monday night so it's like i said it's been it's it's gone real well and and i've had a lot of you know a lot of people supporting the program and people that say people have been supporting the program for 20 years so i guess Mm -hmm. we must be doing something right (laughs) yeah well I, i listened to one the other day I think it well I did. I did not I think, but it was on it was like a podcast version. Are you starting to upload some of these episodes to Yeah, that, they got the, you know, uh, it's one thing about myself uh I'm not as I told you guys, I'm not computer savvy very good. I don't. I'm just about, you know, uh email, answer, you know, text, email, pretty much that is. I can't very good at you know, putting some uh, AirPods in my ears and going that kind of stuff. But you no, know, yeah. set that up. I know the station sets that up. I know they have some uh, archives, some shows, and so forth. I, I understand that they try to do some podcasts on it and so forth. But uh, mm-hmm. no, it's 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 gone real well, and hopefully, uh, 
I know you can get out on this day and pull them up and tune in. Yeah. You would have the opportunity to play golf then year round. So you must be getting out quite a bit. Yeah, I try to get out. Uh, I, uh, I'm a member at a club here. Um, I probably, I mean, I try to get out. I probably play twice a week. I mean, I'm fair to say I get out twice a week, maybe once during the week. And usually on Sundays, we got, you know, I got a big group of guys that we all, you know, same group of guys that we always play at noon on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, if I'm not doing something, I usually, if I'm in Tuscaloosa, I get back, I leave early in the morning uh, and get back and play some golf. And it's a couple of times where I'll go out to the range because I live just off the course. So, so I can go to the range in like two minutes. So I might go out there. But now with daylight savings coming out, and it's you know five o'clock. It's it's dark now, which that's I'm not. I wish I don't. I don't like it. But uh, hopefully, the Congress and the lawmakers can change it and get some more daylight. Because I don't understand why we still have it, but it is what it is. Yeah, we're we're waiting. We're waiting for Congress to do that, so then Canada will follow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell people all the time. You know, that's the one thing I tell people. Like, I said, do you realize, you know, I'm a diehard Canadian. Ameri- I get it. But uh, I'm an American. I'm a U.S. resident. And I tell people, do you realize that everything that happens in the U.S. happens in Canada? Oh, what do you mean? I said, well, think of everything. If we got high gas, you have high gas. If we got high mortgage rates, you got high mortgage rates. We got COVID, you got COVID. I mean, it's everything. It's all, we got high food prices. You go in the grocery store. Yeah. I said, you got high prices. And it goes, imagine that. So we got to, you know, everything what usually happens in the U S happens in Canada. Well, you're still waiting on Jimmy John's though. Yeah. Wait. (laughs) Oh, I love Jimmy John's. (laughs) Oh, you're speaking. My Jimmy John's is awesome. (laughs) Oh, I love Jimmy John's. Bring that up here. (laughs) Oh, it's good. Love it. We've got a, a JR in the South. And we got a JR in Canada. Same thing. Talking golf. Yeah. Funny how That's that works. Right. Let's talk it. <laughs> I love it. JR squared. <laughs> well, you got a, uh, must have a pretty good handicap then. Did you mention it before? Or maybe it was off air yeah, when you mentioned uh, it? I, yeah, I'm, I'm a two handicap. Uh, pretty good. You know, I'm, I train a lot because I teach people, I say, what do you train so hard for? I said, well, because I'm not a long hitter. And I, you know, I still, you know, I, but I got guys I play with, they're going to head covers. I'm still not going to head covers. So I'm maintaining, but I have to work so hard to maintain. So I don't have to go reach for head covers all the time. What do you mean? <laughs> what? Well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, you get shorter, you got to have a woods into our force. Okay. You know what I mean? What if you got to reach for head covers? So you got right, right, right. to they're getting old. You know what I mean? Everybody's getting older and they get, you got to reach for head covers now. When you used to hit a seven or eight iron into the par four, now you're reaching for head covers. Well, we'll bring up a past guest this season, Terry Hashimoto, because yeah. he seems to be working hard. If you check out his Instagram, uh, are you learning from him? Well, Hash is uh, uh, a real good guy. Uh, I keep up with Hash. He's, you know, he's, he kept up with my son, you know, when he was going through the college ranks and getting recruited and, and, and uh, so forth. And, uh, Hash's son, I think he's playing university soccer right now. Yeah, out at, uh, he's out good. At so I see, East Coast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, so I talk to Hash eh, every once in a while. You know, I, you know, you look at uh, what he accomplished in golf, and he started jazz golf in Winnipeg. And I remember when they signed 
Uh, I brokered that deal behind the scenes with Ash about putting Natchik was carrying a jazz bag on the PGA Tour. And I remember they flew me into the, you know, the signing and, you know, media and so forth. And uh, I want to say, I think Peter Young was there, CKY. And uh, when they signed him, Jazz Golf signed Natchik. And I was in Winnipeg and for that. And, uh, no, I keep up with Hash. I see him at the PGA show every year. Uh, we get together at the show down in Orlando in January, and uh, he's done quite well. I mean, he knows his stuff, and uh, I know he's it was he's body track and so forth. He's got a lot of different things going on, but uh, he was very influential in putting body track on where it is today with all the teachers worldwide using that product. Do you use any of that stuff, or what are you using to train so you don't have to reach for those head covers? Well, uh, actually, I work out uh, quite religiously and I do the stack training which is a mm-hmm. system I don't know if you guys are familiar with stack training uh, it's uh, and I think it's worked I've gained a couple miles of club head speed uh, I've been doing it for three or four months uh, well you call it four months now um, it's it's really good it's uh, you guys like I said I don't know if you're familiar with it but it's like the number one trainer on tour you look at Matthew Fitzpatrick uh, he claims he won the US Open and uh, do the fact that he gained like eight or nine miles of club head speed, which is a lot to be able to gain, you know, to, but you, so uh, he's done extremely well on it. And, you know, that's the, not another myth and people, you talk to people all over, they tell me how far they hit a golf ball. And I'm like, no, you don't, you don't hit it that far. <laughs> Everybody has, they think they hit it that far. I'm like, you know, you can't swing a golf club at 95 miles an hour and, and carry it 280. It's impossible. So you're not hitting it at 280. I said, you're, you're lucky to carry it at 215, 220, and it roll out on drive fairways to 240. Like everybody, oh, that guy hits at 300. I said, no, he's not hitting at 300. I said, to carry a ball 280 in the air, it takes about 112, 115 mile an hour club bed speed, and you're nowhere near swinging that fast. And everybody thinks they hit a bar. <laughs> yeah. I think. Andre Frenchy Martel brought up stack. So he's probably in the similar, similar situation. So maybe not now he's maybe a little bit younger than you are, but that's what he found. And I think he's using the stack system as well. And he, yeah, he gained some yardage and that sort of helped him out with playing things like Monday putter and competitively. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is no question. I mean, you know, you can only do so much to get, you know, without making swing changes to uh, increase it. But like I said, I'm 58 years old. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm realistic of what I can do without rebuilding my whole swing, which I'm not doing. I play for fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a little training and stuff like that is again, I'm just, you know, you're, we're going to, we're going to come the day where you're not going to hit it as far. I'm just, uh, keep working on it so that I can enjoy my time, keep, keep getting the ball out there to be able to enjoy myself. I was listening to uh, yourself. You were on the sticks podcast, another local golf podcast and you're talking track man are you still using the the track man uh, range uh yeah uh yeah the track man yeah there's a track man i don't own one uh but we have one at the club and obviously a lot of teachers uh obviously you go on the pga tour uh whenever i whenever i go out on tour uh, to cover an event which i try to get out to four or five events a year i was at the masters last year the players championship um and so forth. But, uh, I get out there and you get on the range with these guys and 
you know, every tour player has got a track man or they're using the quad and most of them got them both. Uh, but uh, that's where technology is today. I mean, you're spinning the ball, how far you carry your shots and that's how precise the game has gotten. Uh, yeah. So these guys, they're track man's everywhere and it's, uh, it's a really good product if you know how to use it and B, if you can afford to own one. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be one A for me. <laughs> That'd yeah. be the question. Can yeah. I afford one? <laughs> uh, they're like 25, 26,000. I know they're expensive. Uh, well, once that money comes in from Miller Lite, we'll, uh, we'll have a few of them. <laughs> Well, if we can get that, you get one. Let's double it up. Double it up so I can send me one. That's right. I need one. I would maybe, like to have one too. Maybe we'll get a scholarship too and get some of that NIL money our way. And uh... yeah, we can do it. You guys can do it. I'm pulling for you guys. So I can say that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm pulling hard for you. Put in a good word with uh, the uh, U of A there. Oh, yeah, they got track, man. They got it all. They got probably four or five. I know my son played golf at UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham. And, um, you know, they got they, – they own two. The team owns two uh, mm-hmm. track, man. So they use it all the time. And, matter of fact, today he's the assistant golf coach there now. So uh, he's really enjoying that time. And I'll get out there and go watch him play. Uh, I try to get out to about two or three events a year and just, just watch the team. I was at the – uh, conference championship in Texas, Texas Arcana last year. They actually made me a, like an honorary coach uh, as part of the team, but, but nice. I couldn't technically, yeah, I couldn't technically get in the fairway because in NCA rules, you're only allowed two, like two coaches that can actually, but I could go on the range. You know, obviously I could walk all over, but I couldn't, I couldn't give the guys advice, but it was pretty cool. That was pretty fun actually. Well, even touching on that a little bit and having seen the game progress at a high level, is there one thing you can maybe touch on? Is it, say, like the TrackMan technology or is it club technology or is it the ball technology that has really changed the game that you've seen over the years? Great question. It's it's been asked to me all the time. Um, I would say that I'm going to, A, obviously the game has changed to where it's a power game. Power sells. Um, you look at every marquee PJ, a professional golfer, world ranked professional golfer. You go through the list. They all possess one thing, and that is power. They all hit can hit at a mile. Power sells. People want to see the long ball. Again, so you look at Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods in his heyday. They all could bomb it. Scotty Scheffler can get it out there. John Rahm can get it out there. The list goes on and on. And it's sad because you look at a guy like Zach Johnson, and I use this analogy all the time. He is really, really, really good. Okay? I mean, like, really good. He's won multiple majors, multiple tour events. But you know what? He's not really gets the respect that he really deserves because of one reason. He doesn't have the power. It's like you get you need to take that all the way. If you analyze that all the way down to even at the club level, a guy that is a really, really good golfer, really good, but he hits it short, no one gives him the respect how really good he is. And it's a shame, but that's where it is. And the game is, it's all about power. Why we got where we're at right now, um, I would give first, I'm going to give credit to the golfer because they are athletes today. You see them training. You see them weight loss. 
you see them eating properly. And, and you know, the whole nine yards were 30 years ago, guys, no one was really talking that. So they've gotten stronger and bigger. Yes. The equipment's better. No question about it. The ball's better. No question about it. But the, and plus they got the teaching, the resources that wasn't there 30 years ago. You know, I read an article, uh, you know, Charles Hall, the third, He's from Augusta, Georgia, played at Oklahoma State. Um, his dad was an eye doctor, okay? His dad said, but Tom Charles Hall III, from 12 years old till he went to Oklahoma State, 18, that was six years, he spent over a million dollars on Charles's golf. Over a million dollars from 12 to 18 that he went to Oklahoma State. So, why? Because he gets, he had, a, you know, David Ledbetter was his coach. He had, uh, uh, Bob Rotella was his, you know, his mind coach. And, you know, the list goes on and on. He'd be able to fly everywhere. I mean, you know, but that's how these kids today are, you know, are, are, are where they're at. It's how it is. I mean, it's, it's changed that much. No one back in the day when no one had their swing coach on the driving range with them at a tournament today, top ranked amateur golfers. They got their coaches on the range with them working with them, amateur golfers. I mean, that's how much it's all changed. The technology and the whereabouts of having these, all these people and to learn over the years. And I think that is, but my number one, I'm going to give credit to the golfer today. I think they're more of an athlete than they were 30 years ago. And that's why the game uh, has gotten so much better. Mm, wow. That's a good point. And I mean, we've played with Sandy Kersiba. So yeah, we know that um, the athlete body has changed from when he was a professional back in the day to seeing some of the young guys yeah. coming up today. <laughs> That's not fair. Yeah. Sandy yeah. is an athlete. No, he's, he's, sure he's an absolute I don't athlete. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he can, he, listen, he used to be able to play really good golf. He, he still, still can, does. but I mean, he still, back, he I know, but back, I know back in the, the day, floor with us. Yeah. I mean, 30 plus years ago, that cat could play. Like really play. Like at the professional, at the tour level, Canadian tour. Mm-hmm. He was really, really good. And now he can do the same thing on skates with his trick shot show. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, I've followed him. He's, he's, he's a legend in Manitoba. He sure is. Yeah. Well, that's why they gave him the Lifetime Achievement Award. So Jacqueline was up there at the PGA of Manitoba Award Show at Glendale a couple months back, or a couple months yeah. back, a couple weeks back. And yeah, he was presented with the Lifetime Achievement Award. And I said, You still got a lot of years left in you, Sandy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, good for him. He's a good guy. Yeah, he uh, he sure is. He he also likes uh, his yeah, well, he likes a bunch of clubs. He's got some weird ones in his bag, um, but uh, he he likes his Callaways. And I guess you you're a Callaway ambassador as well. So how does that come about? Uh yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I am. Uh, what's uh, so I've been with Callaway north of twenty years. I've been out to the test center, out to Carlsbad, probably fifteen times. Uh, always enjoy going out there. It's fun going on the test center, uh, at the Eli Callaway performance center and get fit for clubs, talk to the guys. And, and so I've met Phil Mickelson out there before. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I can't even remember how it started. Uh, Larry Dorman, who used to be the executive vice president of, uh, global public relations. He's the guy who brought me on 20 years ago. He used to be Eli Callaway's right hand man. So wherever Mr. Callaway went, Larry used to be at the New York Times, covered golf. Um, he was, and then Mr. Callaway brought him out to Carlsbad. 
And he's the kind of the guy that recruited me uh, to come on board. He, I used to be a pin guy, and he said, you ever played our stuff? And I said, nah, blah, blah, blah. So well, let me get you a set of clubs. I want you to try our stuff. And, like, within 48 hours, the UPS guy was at my door, and there was a box of Kelly. I'm like, damn, this is impressive. <laughs> I'm like, in 48 hours, I got a bag, a whole bag. So ever since that, it was gone. And then, you know, obviously, you meet people out there, and, you, you know, you just stuff. But there's lots of change there, too, because I have a lot of, uh, I've seen that that company grow, grow. I think. Uh, I mean, you know, Chip Brewer's done a wonderful job there. Uh, I've seen all. I've seen it uh, continue to grow, and it continues to grow as it is today. But uh, you know, a lot of friends and I've met out there, and some of them have over the time have been let go and so forth. And but I've made other friends. But no, it's pretty cool. They're they're a great company, and I think they're one of the best in the game if not the best, but uh, I always tell people all the time, I mean, you know, the golf equipment is so close. Uh, it's pretty much, you ask me, I'm going to tell you, to, you know, get a Paradigm driver or play the Chrome soft golf ball. And they'll say, okay, but if they insist on playing a title, says, hey, listen, kick your poison, they're all good. I mean, you know what I mean? They're all really good. That's how close technology really is. You mentioned uh, grabbing head covers. I saw on uh, one of your pictures on Twitter, or X, as they like to call it now. Uh, you got the uh, Didormi head cover with the, oh, yeah. uh, with the American flag, Canadian flag, and a JR em- embroidery in there, custom oh, made. Pretty cool. Oh, isn't that cool? Yeah. I mean, it's really cool. The guys at Dormy made that for me, and I uh, met them at the PGA show, and um, we did some work together, and um, they helped. I'm um, um, one of the chairmen of the annual Senior Bowl. Celebrity NFL celebrity golf tournament here uh, in Point Clear. So got a, a lot of NFL guys. But anyway, so I did some work with Dormy, and we got it. We gave everybody a head cover and so forth. And I've worked with these guys, and no, their stuff is spectacular. And that head cover, matter of fact, that one they did make me the driver, even though the three and five would are really good too. But the driver is something special. Um, yeah. That I get a lot of really, really positive compliments on that driver on that head cover uh it was some great work by those guys and they're canadian which even gets me more excited uh yeah. they're out on the east coast and uh got a couple friends there so yeah they're definitely worth looking up on their website those guys make goods really really good stuff and that head cover is definitely drawing a lot of attention for sure yeah, I'll have to share a screenshot of it when we uh, promote the show on our on our social medias here. It's it's pretty cool looking. Yeah, it is cool. It's no question. It's got it's gotten a lot of Mike. It's got a lot of good stuff. It has uh, gotten a lot of po- positive publicity for sure. Yeah, we can. We've been actually told on more than one occasion that we should get head covers with our faces on them. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you guys got hey hey listen man, you know what they are. I always tell me you guys got the face for radio, yeah. so you're ready to go. <laughs> That's right, face for radio, but not for head covers. But uh, we can make an AI version uh, and then embroider that on the head cover. <laughs> yeah, AI—that's the new stuff, man. AI is the new. Uh, everything is good. I know Callaway just rolled their new AI putters uh, line, which apparently is really getting a lot of positive read. They convinced John Rom to put one in his bag. I guess it was two months ago and he didn't, he was rolling the rock really, really good. The Rossi. And apparently after they told him, you know, they, they showed him the data 
he said, all right, put it in his bag. He said they would have made like 600,000 more dollars because this putter would have rolled the ball, you know, extra two, you know, 20, 30 feet total combined and would have resulted in, you know, this pile of money. So he changed, they wow. convinced him and he changed and I uh, haven't got one yet, but I'm looking forward to getting one here in the next few weeks for sure. Oh, so are we. Yeah. Send him our way. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. <laughs> we'll test it out. We'll tell you how it rolls. And on Mike's gold floors in his basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a throwback um, to the first season, I think. My goodness. Yeah. Mike's gold yeah. floors. Still got him. Still got him. I have a couple more questions, Mike. Do you got a, a couple of How about it? Okay. Get um, it in. I was, uh, so on, on the lines of Ken Portis, you mentioned that question. Uh, is there a golf tip that you've ever heard or you've received personally? Would you say there's a best one or maybe a 1A, 1B for the best golf tip you've ever received? Wow. I'd have to take some time to think about that one. <laughs> there's so many. I mean, realistically, there's so many good ones. I mean, you know, I always tell, you know, it's funny on that because I always run these, always these kids. I always see these kids, junior golfers, all the time. And I love junior golfers. I support junior. I got my own junior tournament. Uh, I support these kids all the time. I talk to you. I give them the time of day every time I see them on the range and so forth. I just love it. Uh, I just want to give back to the game, uh, that the game's been fortunate of what it's done for me. And to, you know, every time I get a lot to watch these kids and, and give them advice and so forth. But, you know, on, the, on, a, on a funny note on that, I always tell these kids to aim left and hit it as hard as you can and make sure you square off the club face and just let it aim hard and just let it sit. Don't worry about it. Learn to hit it as hard as you can. We'll teach you to hit it accurate, but we got to get you hitting it far. Um, but, uh, no, it's, 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 there's so many tips. Um, I don't know. It's a good one. I, I, you got me. You got me stumbled. I, 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 I don't know what to say. Well, I like that. You got me. I mean, you, you brought What's up the best tip. Yeah, you brought up power before, so I think that's that's a good tip leading into it, especially if you're juniors. You can straighten you out, but just learn how to hit that ball and hit it hard. Yeah, that's that's it. You got to hit it far. It's a game, like I said a few minutes ago. The game's a power game today. It's, I mean, whether you like it or not, it's fact. It's the game is a power game, and all the premier players in the world are all power players. Look at the world rankings and go down that list. They're all power players. So if you can hit it far and you're good, then you really got it. You really got a formula to make a lot of money on and off the course. Mm, yeah. See, I can hit it far, but I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, Jero, I think, I think, I think we can work with you. I mean, that's work. We can work with you. I, when I come up there this summer, uh, I'm going to have to definitely get a game with you guys and, uh, it'll be fun. We'll invite you guys out to Elmer's or whatever. And, uh, you know, Dave out there, he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, I talk to him all the time. Got a lot of, got a lot of friends out at Elmhurst and it's a great place. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to get a game for sure. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll, we'll just hit it as far as you can. Well, chase know, it, chase it again. <laughs> well, I know, I know Sandy was trying to help out Mike there for a bit, uh, at Southside. So, Mike will oh, yeah. get it figured out soon. Hey, Mike. I had it figured Mike. out until he told me what to do, and then, uh, <laughs> and then I went to shit. But that's not on him. Mike, listen, Mike's a, listen, guys. Mike's a baller. Any guy that wears an Alabama shirt, <laughs> talking to an Alabama guy, oh, yeah. I gotta love it. I gotta love it. Roll Tide, Roll Tide. 
Yeah. I think uh, I really just like saying roll tide. I mean, if uh, we got to get the, the Winnipeg Jets need to get a, a saying like that, I, I think it will take a while to catch on. But uh, well, the Jets are, uh, I mean, and I've said this to many of people inside the hockey world is that if you really bear down to where the Jets, the Winnipeg Jets organization, whatever you want to say, fell off the tracks, so to speak, is when Dustin Bufflin, the ordeal with the buff. I believe you back it all the way back to then when he quit playing. I don't know what happened to this. You know what I'm saying? If you yeah. think of where that program was and they were on the cutting edge, the cutting edge, and then they just never replaced that guy and never really got. And I think that was the turning point of that organization. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, because I, I think that guy was a key part of that hockey franchise, a hockey team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all love buff, uh, you know, hard to say what happened there. Uh, you know, it sounded like he went aloof and he was MIA and whether or not he wanted to get surgery, uh, and all those things and whether the team was going to agree to it, I'm not sure, but we lost, I mean, however much contract he had another two or three years, I think, I mean, typically if you're, you're giving up a player like that, you're getting something in return, but I mean, I think I had heard stories that Buffa was going to try and make a comeback this year or something somewhere, <laughs> which is ridiculous, but he played in. How old is he? I don't know. He, he's probably How old not, would he be? He's probably not even 40 yet. Um, no, he's not 40. I don't think he is. Not I, yet, I, no. I, I, no, no. I'd have to say somewhere around 37, maybe. Yeah, he's 38, 38 years old, but I think he was playing in Marion Hosa's like, charity game or something over in in wherever it was but uh so he skated in that but uh anyways we all miss buff and uh yeah yeah you're right i mean <laughs> i mean you know we're gonna see maybe they can maybe they get it going tomorrow jets are gonna be all right i mean they're they're they're, they're they got enough they got enough uh talent on the team to you know, Palabach can play, you know, I mean, play really well. And I'm a, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. I mean, there were 16 teams that didn't make the playoffs last year and, and the Jets made the playoffs. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, you got, you look at Ottawa, you look at some of the other Canadian teams, Edmonton, uh, Toronto, even. Wow. There's a lot more things going on than, you know, Winnipeg's actually doing not too bad. So. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we gotta get we gotta get uh, butts in the seats, man. That's gonna be the that's the you know what I mean. I think that's almost more important than winning. Nah, that's all a conspiracy. There's butts in the seats. They're sold. There's lots of money there. It's the thing is, is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers has taken all of that. That's it. The entertainment value. They're in the playoffs again. So yeah. Uh, once the CFL season's over, I'm sure there'll be plenty of. Uh, butts in the seats i hope so i'm a jets fan so let's go jets yeah i hope uh yeah let's hope i, I know i don't know what uh status is with <laughs> coach bonus's wife i know he's out still on a leave hopefully that that gets uh i wish the best for him and his family mm-hmm. absolutely yeah well we uh yeah obviously do too and you know for the jets i mean mike and i we're trying we're trying to spend money at that craft yeah. beer corner we really are. I mean, we don't. We don't try. Actually, we I, do. We do spend money at that craft beer corner. You got to serve yourself, oh, yeah. but damn, it feels yeah. good. Yeah, they do. It's like going to a Saints game. I think a Miller Lite at the Saints game is like twelve bucks yeah. for a can. Whoa. Yeah. 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 Now that's big. 
Now you're talking about, we're talking about putting butts in the seats in the Jets. I mean, the NFL, massive business. Massive. Huge. The Jets. Yeah, there's a lot of money. A lot of money down there. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, good to see Tiger Woods. You know, listen, uh, getting back to golf, I uh, sources tell me, talking to a guy today in Dallas, says that they believe that Tiger Woods possibly will play at his tournament at the Hero World Challenge. Uh, I've seen footage of his son, Charlie, this week. He's caddying. Apparently, he walked 54 holes carrying the bag, uh, mm-hmm. and he looked pretty good. Um, you know, Stuart Sink had a talk with him down at the uh, Worldwide Technology Championships in Mexico where Tiger Woods designed that golf course. Um, he wouldn't, he's kind of mum, but he said Tiger told him that he's back practicing. And there's mm-hmm. apparently a spot open. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew, familiar with that, but there's a spot open at the Hero World Championship at the, his tournament in the Bahamas. Maybe Tiger Woods takes that spot. It's about a month away. I could mm-hmm. possibly see it, but uh, he definitely will, will be in the field uh, at the you know father, son, or whatever parent child tournament, which, by the way, you talk about a golf tournament that that has grown in popularity and grown in stature. Uh, but PNC, the bank, how good is that sponsorship that they got? There? They bought that thing five years ago. They're probably mm-hmm. getting tenfold. It's probably worth ten times what they initially paid on that contract today because it is heavenly. It is really watched and really covered by the media and people in general. Tune in to watch one guy that moves the needle more than any other professional golfer, and that's Tiger Woods. Yeah, without a doubt. Although I like seeing John and Little John out there too, banging it around. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good yeah, John Daly. Yeah, Little John plays at Arkansas. Good golfer in itself too. Yeah, they're really he's a really good player too. He's he's in the lineup for the Razorbacks. He's doing good. And I want to see the I want to see the other I want to see Jr. John here and his <laughs> son in the PNC. <laughs> That ain't happening. You gotta win a major. No. So that ain't gonna happen. Yeah. You gotta win a major. Even though I love his chat I love your JR, I love your chances, but I don't even think that we can get you in that. You gotta have a major. You gotta want a major what? to get in that. I was talking about you and, and your son. Oh. I uh, uh, that ain't happening. Same situation. That ain't nah, next question. That ain't okay. Happening. okay. Well before I'm really, that, 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 next question. Before we uh, jump into the the back nine lightning round, we kind of buried the lead, but I think this would be a good way to get into the back nine, was you've had the opportunity to play Augusta twice. Yeah, um, pretty cool. Actually, I've played a lot of great places. I've played Cypress Point, um, LA Country Club. Um, You know, there's a lot lot of them, uh, top, top shelf places, but obviously the granddaddy of them all, uh, which which they tell me Cypress Point is harder to play to get on than Augusta National. So, but anyway, people are familiar with Augusta National. It was pretty special. I played with Jeff Knox. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jeff Knox. He was the, he's been the marker there. He's the club champ there at Augusta National. He was the marker. So when oh, right, on yeah. the weekends, yeah, yeah, Jeff, he'd play. You had the option as a pro if they had an odd number of people making the cut, they could say, hey, would you let it go out in a onesome? Or do you want a marker with you? And Jeff would be the marker because he's a club champ. Um, really good. Probably, well, that's been 18 years ago. Um, I would say, and I've been back there. I've been back there for the tournament many a times. But uh, 18 years since I played it, 
And I would say he was the best amateur recreational golfer that I've ever played with. He was that good. I mean, he was really, really good. And uh, that was pretty cool. Stayed in the Butler cabin, uh, spent the night there. Um, it was pretty cool. It was uh, obviously uh, it's, it's, it's special the place and you, know, you can read about it, see it on TV and so forth. And um, it was pretty awesome. No question about it. You know, played, you know, obviously plays a little different than in the tournament because I'm not a very good putter. I got like 147 Odyssey putters. I go through them like crazy. <laughs> it's finally not the putter, but I'm not a very good putter. Uh, and the greens were, when I played both times, were pretty fast, not tournament speed. And my caddy always tell me, you know, based on, you know, the fairways would be softer, the greens would be firmer and faster. He'd say, based on what I've seen your stroke, you don't want to play tournament because we'd still be out here. And tournament conditions, uh, putting on those guys, but it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, great thing. And, uh, you know, to be, like I said, fortunate enough to play it twice. Um, it's pretty cool. No, it's a bucket list that, uh, uh, people always ask to this day. Uh, people always ask me about it and it's, it was, it's pretty cool. I thought, I tell you guys, I thought I played at LA country club. I thought that was a heck of an experience too. Uh, I played back there. It was been a while ago. I think that was about 10 years ago. I played before Gil Hans remodeled it or, you know, uh, it was a great golf course too. That was pretty awesome. We pulled in, it's kind of like downtown LA and you just it was literally like you had a stop sign, like cars everywhere, like six lane thing. Take a left. There, yeah. There's the gate. It was like, there's the gate LA. It's in like, I think it's the most prized golf real estate in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's, it was pretty cool. You pull up in there and they take your car. You know, you go to the bag drop, drop your clubs off. Well, they actually take your car. You don't you don't park your car in the parking lot. And they take wow. it. Yeah. I thought that was pretty. That was pretty good. Kill Hans did a great job. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I had dinner one time with Kill Hans. Um, you know, he's talked to me about re- the job he did at Rio de Janeiro in the Olympics. He designed that golf course. Uh, me and my son happened to be. He was doing the new golf course at Mississippi State in Starkville, Mississippi. He was redoing the golf course. They, the he was building a course, and he was doing the the, the clubhouse draft, driving range and putty green for the men's and boys team. Because all these top programs now got their own clubhouses and hitting bays and whatever locker room and all that. He was there. So the guy uh, George Bryan, he owns the who owned it was a friend of mine. He owned the the whole property, and my son was getting recruited to Mississippi State at the time. So we went there on a visit. Well, Mr. Bryan told me that. Gil was in town and he asked me, what are you doing tonight? You want to have dinner with you and your son have dinner with me and Gil Hans. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. So, uh, yeah. So we sat around for a couple hours and, uh, that was pretty, uh, it was pretty cool. All right. Well, let's get into the back nine landing round. And it is for Brace Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Brace 204-515-3446. Again, all of his info is in our link tree. Just go to our social media pages, click on our bio, and it'll take you to our link tree. And Brace is the first link right there. You can uh, go and click on him and check it out. Wow. Get a hold of him. First link. Mm-hmm. 2024 yeah. is your year. 
as long as you're with Bryce Malashewski. Absolutely. And follow us on the social medias throughout the winter. Hopefully we'll be, uh, I think I'm going to put up some, uh, some good reels as the kids like to call them. <laughs> not, we're not getting on TikTok yet, but, uh, we can throw up some good, hopefully some better content, uh, some pictures of some, uh, fax machines or something like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so let's get into it. The uh, the back nine lightning round, Jr. Obviously, so usually my nick or my my question is, do you got a nickname? And I imagine your nickname is is Jr. Anything else that that uh, folks call? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chetty, Chetty, I like that. Yeah, Ratchet. <laughs> that's pretty good. So does it? Jr. Yeah. It'd be Jr. Is my you know that's pretty much it. Jr. Pretty much everybody goes. It's pretty much JR. Then you got Chetty, C H E T T I, then Ratchet. So that'd be a far third. But those are them. Those JR are is number one. Chetty. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, first one, have you ever got a hole in one? Four. Four. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. How old were you when you first when you got your first one? 20. Nice. Ooh, nice. Okay. M- me and uh, JR here don't have any hole in ones yet but uh we're searching we're searching and there's there's always time um this one might be an obvious answer to us what golf ball do you play uh chrome soft ls nice Ah, the ls okay what is the ls uh low spin low spin chrome soft Uh, x ls obviously mike (laughs) (laughs) hey we're trying Uh, that smart (laughs) what uh what is your, your your favorite course to play in manitoba elmhurst elmhurst nice and what about in alabama uh down by you what if where are we playing when uh, we come visit you uh the grand hotel lakewood golf club i'm a member there 36 hole facility wow uh, i love Shoal. i love shoal creek in birmingham alabama they posted majors there birmingham country club is another good one uh the country club of mobile great golf course too so uh, those are probably them. I bet you Where? get you get to golf all year round there, or do they they close yes. up shop at, at no, 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 year round. Wow, what a life! Mm-hmm. What a life. I mean, it could get some bad days in a way. I mean, no, they don't close the course. Some days just might be the guys are saying, hey, "It's a little too cold. We're out." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but no, it's open year round. It wouldn't be too cold yeah. for us. <laughs> no. yeah. I think our cutoff is probably uh, my group of guys. You got some hardcore guys. I'd say hey, five, seven Celsius, maybe. Okay, yeah. that's not too bad. Yeah, that's no probably what about we we would be. I mean, that five is is pretty chilly. But if the sun's out, you know, yes, you know. no wind and sun. I think today was twenty seven. Mm-hmm. I'd always like to, I'd like to golf on, uh, Christmas day, but hundred uh, percent doable easily. Wow. Uh, do you, this is one, uh, you got a bucket list course in Manitoba that you'd like to get out to. I'm not sure if, if, uh, you've ever thought about that. If uh, I tell you, I love, you know, uh, not to say that, but obviously Elmhurst is a great club. I love it. Uh, I love it there. It's in my, you know, it's obviously close to my heart. Uh, I love Corey at St. Charles. I think he's a class A 
uh, individual, the golf pro there, the director of golf. He's I mm-hmm. love love Corey. That's a great facility. They just got, got a bunch of redo there. And I want to look forward to playing it next year. Uh, I like going to Hecla. Uh, there's a place down in. Um, we got a group of guys that get together when I'm in Winnipeg and we play a Ryder Cup, uh, U.S. Uh, international versus Canada. I'm a captain. We draft guys. All the guys from Melbourne. Really good thing and. Uh, nice. That's a lot of fun. We play at Heckler all the time. Uh, but I, there's a course down, is it Buffalo Point? Yes. Yep. Is that the name of the place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard about that. I don't know. I've never been there, but some guys say it's pretty good. I've never been there. Yeah, right on the border. Pretty good. Yeah. Just yeah, north, it's pretty good. North of uh, War Road there. Yeah, fairly close. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great track. Haven't been out there in a little bit. Um, oh, the one, uh, another one is a great one. I think it, it's really, really good. Um they're near Penawa, uh, um, Granite Hills. Granite Hills. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you gotta be a pretty good golfer to play there because you know, like you can lose a lot of golf balls. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this one, um, probably an easy answer. And, and we kind of touched on it earlier. Most memorable course that you've ever played. Uh, honestly, Augusta, uh, yeah. Augusta national, uh, I'd say one, a one B is Cypress point. Uh, I've been to Pebble beach, LA Country Club, Spyglass, all those courses modern I played. Um, uh, Torrey Pines uh, in San Diego. Yeah, mm-hmm. this it's I'm trying pretty, to Hazel pretty, Team. Pretty, uh, I played uh, Hazel Team. All of yeah. them. Pretty good list. Yeah, I play, yeah Hazel Team does TPC Sawgrass. Uh, been there too. It's yeah. pretty good. Um, we're just naming courses where majors have been played now, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, those I've been, like I said, I'm fortunate enough for, for a little guy, from a small guy from Winnipeg, uh, you know, golf has been pretty good for me. No question. Absolutely. Do you have a, what would be the number one bucket list course on your list right now? When you want to get out to anywhere in the world? I, I it might be, you know what? It, it might be St. Andrews. I've yeah. never played golf. Uh, I've never played, you know, the Rota on the, on the, you know, the open championships. I haven't played. I would say, I would say yes, a course on the Rota, whatever course I, well, that would be. And I've had, mm. I've had plenty of opportunities guys to go play there uh, with a bunch of guys, but I mean, it's kind of like, it's pretty, you know, I hate to say it's pretty expensive. I mean, you gotta, you know, to go over there and play, you know, you're talking upwards of 12, 13 grand to go play for a week. So it yeah. takes a lot of money, you know. Yeah, that's another thing. Don't let anyone fool you. Golf's an expensive game. We love golf, and that's why I say all the time. I, I, there's so many kids I tell that are left that are so good, but they're they're just left in the you know behind the scenes because their parents don't have the funds to showcase their talents or have the opportunities to be, to become really good because you know. You look at most of all the players, all these great players, and they were some sort of, you know, grew up at country clubs. But it's it's a shame because the golf is pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it ain't pretty. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the, it is. It, for the listeners, the Rota is the courses that they play the Open Championships at. So, uh, you know. We obviously seen Andrews, Liverpool, uh, all the the great ones in in Ireland and. Uh, England and Scotland. Yeah, that would be, I would say the Rota uh, definitely would be up there. Oh, career low round. What's your career low round? My career low round is 64. 
uh, eight under. I've had multiple, many and many of seven under sixty fives, many, but uh, that would probably be it. Wow! Holy smokes! <laughs> but that's been it's been a but it's been a while. I mean, I'm just to be honest. <laughs> that's okay. It. It's been a while. Then I've had you know sixty five. I've, I've had some six nines, uh, which I mean to be honest, they're kind of rare. Uh, they do come about every once in a while, but they're rare. But uh, six five, six sixes has been a long time since I've put put one of them on the board. That's pretty darn yeah, good. That's great. Oh. What are they? Sixty five is the uh, the new seventy two or whatever they. I would say it's probably. Uh, <laughs> I would say the it's probably the new sixty eight or sixty nine. Uh, yeah, yeah, the old sixty nine. Yeah, the old sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Awesome. We're still, I'm still sh- trying to get in the, the 60s and the 70s, but mm-hmm. uh, it'll come. It'll come. Apparently, it's a lot of hard. Apparently, my That's 77 it. at Southwood doesn't count as for uh, breaking into the 70s. But it's a par. Uh, it's a par. Oh, it's it, south 63. Side yeah, it's south side. Yeah. Oh, did south I, side. Oh, I thought you said Did I say Southwood? Southwood? You I did, yeah. Oh, I, thought, we'll I, maybe, I don't out. know. I'll say, wait a minute. That's a good score. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking. Because I've, I've played the new Southwood uh, one time, and uh, 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 I guess it's been a while back, but it's a, right. it's a good track. We haven't recorded a podcast in, in five weeks, so I'm slipping. All right, eight, number eight, my wild card question. Uh, you told a – I imagine uh, you've told some great golf stories. Do you have – uh, a go-to golf yeah. that you haven't told us yet that you'd love to leave us with. Uh... Uh, I, I can tell you this is uh, yes. I got one that uh, is pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's a story as far as that I was involved in. Obviously I was not, but we talked about Tiger Woods earlier and uh, back in nine 11, when nine 11 occurred, which is uh, a historic day, which, changed the lives of many, many people and, and so forth. And, but, uh, the PGA tour, when they shut down, um, to talk about one person in particular, how powerful one person can be, you know, they say, can anybody be bigger than the game? Well, back in the time at nine 11 occurred, the Europe, the, the Ryder cup was going to be, I think at the Belfry, uh, it was over, it was over, it was overseas. Well, 9-11 occurred, and, and I guess the Ryder Cup was going to be like two weeks or three weeks after. Tiger Woods told his agent, Steinberg, that he said, I don't want to play. I, I, I'm scared. I don't want to go play. And uh, and this is a true story. I've gotten reverts. Uh, it, 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 this did happen. And um, so he called, he called Gene Autry, who was the PG, president of the PGA at the time, and said that Tiger doesn't want to play. He's, you know, whatever. And he get in there, you know, gee, they understood. Well, he called NBC sports and Dick Embersall and NBC sports. And that told him, he says, listen, I don't think Tiger's going to play. And, uh, and then, you know, and then Dick Embersall told Gene Autry, he said, well, if there's no Tiger Woods at the Ryder cup, NBC's out. And I think about that for a minute, and you know, obviously, that uh, how powerful that the guy was, in the game of golf. I mean, one athlete, and then I think of how much this guy has moved the needle in in for golf. 
Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. You know, who'd want to watch without Tiger, right? Uh, and uh, I would say that's probably one of the stories that uh, if you think back at and you look at one athlete that that was bigger than the game, you know, they always say somebody's not bigger than the game. And you look at that situation, yes, there's a lot different than just saying he had valid points why he didn't want to play. But, you know, uh, I think I look at that, that story and um, – I've had many tour players can uh, validate that story to me. And uh, it did, it did happen that Tiger did not want to play and they canceled the Ryder cup mm-hmm. because he did not want to play. Yeah, wow. That's, that's, that's in itself. Yeah. Just goes to show how, I mean, he was, he was the game really. That's, <laughs> that uh, it's, uh, if you, whether you like it or not, I mean, I remember Glenn Natchik was paired with him at Atlanta in the third round and he told how as and it was like, and he just said it was unbelievable. The people, you know, you can't, you, you just, it's incredible. You can't, you know, if he holds out and people start running and he said, it's really, you know, it's, 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 it's tough to play with them. It really is. But you know, he's, he's that, um, I've seen him in person a lot and it's kind of like, you know, the first time I met Jack Nicholas, I've seen him and you look at the eye of a superstar and, you know, you get up and then, you know, you get up close to him and you can see the aura of a, you're looking at a guy that is the man. It's kind of like Wayne Gretzky and back in the day in hockey, you get up close and you go, this is it. You can tell that these guys have it. They have that aura about them that they are it. And, uh, you know, Tiger Woods is it. No question about it. Yeah. I feel bad for those junior players who are having to play with Charlie and Tigers uh, on the bag for them. And, and uh, wow, you know, that's, that's tra- oh, gosh, that's training I'm in itself. You. Yeah. I mean, no question about it. You think, how do you think that, how do you think that poor kid was playing, playing with him? He's probably a nervous wreck <laughs> yeah. on that tee box. I mean, you know what I mean? Golly. He's yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. You know, you know, he obviously he gets, I mean, he gets all kinds of publicity, and but he, he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. And I, you ever seen a guy change in a year? I looked at this kid one day in the front line. I seen a pictures of him like eight months later, and I'm like, is he shaving now? He's like yeah. ten years old. Like I'll <laughs> yeah, ask him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, like holy cow! It's like wow, he, this guy like just completely matured. You know, boom. Yeah. Testosterone. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All the testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, I guess he's, uh, yeah, he's 14. He looks like he's 25. Maybe. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. He can flat out play, though. I don't uh, think he's going to have any, I don't think he's going to have any problems playing college golf anywhere, regardless of how good he is. He'll get, he'll be getting that. NIL money. Uh, <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah. 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 Serious NIL. You're exactly right. It'll be off the limit. It'll be off the, it ain't no telling. So our, our ninth question, our flagship question of the back nine lightning round. What is your favorite condiment? Favorite condiment. Okay. Let me see. I uh, got to go with ketchup. Ketchup. Mm. That's yeah. 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 Well, hey, a, hey, nothing, hey, yeah. nothing better than a bag of old Dutch potato chips. Is there ketchup? No, oh, yeah. not at all. Not at all. Uh, it's red, guys, like Alabama. 
That's right. Well, they don't have ketchup chips mm-hmm. down in the U.S. of A. No. Or uh, uh they got Frito Lay. No, I've seen actually. Uh, okay. Okay. Mike, no, I no, I've seen some Frito rare, but yeah. I have seen some ketchup Frito Lays in parts of the country where I've been to. Mm. Or all dressed chips, for that fact. I actually no that I I, uh, I hustled I uh, about thirty bags of uh, all dressed chips across the border a couple of weeks ago for some for some friends. So, um, what a man! Whereabouts were you going? Fargo, oh, North Dakota. I was going to say he can't say because oh, yeah. the authorities oh, are going to be on him. That's right. Sorry. Oh yeah, we can edit that out. out. But yeah, uh, edit that out, please. <laughs> Yeah, well, lots of great eateries in Alabama. Great barbecue. Yeah, um, barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Great barbecue. Uh, great stuff. Uh, I'm actually going to be going to Scottsdale. I love going to Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, I think it's got great. Uh, I love the desert. I think it's Scottsdale. It's got it's hopping in. It's got a lot of vibe to it. A lot of action there. Uh, it's it's a really cool place. So I'm going to be out there in about three weeks just after Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. So uh, I always love going out to Scottsdale, Arizona. Got great mm-hmm. golf courses there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've uh, been there. Well, we'll be there and we'll do that again. Mike's got a few stories that we'll uh, leave off the pod from that general area. Oh um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Lots of fun there. <laughs> oh, there is. There is. Yeah, but- There's no question. Scottsdale's got it going on. Uh, that was the uh, back nine landing round for Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. John, JR, Chetty, really appreciate you coming on the show, chatting a bunch of golf with us, chatting a bunch of other stuff. Wow. we uh, Hopefully we'll get to meet up with you uh, one of these days, whether it's here, whether it's down there. But we really do, again, appreciate you mm-hmm. coming on the show and have yourself a wonderful evening. I don't know if you want to say any parting words to uh, the Winnipeggers and Manitobans that listen to the show. Listen, I thank you guys. Guys are doing a great job. Anytime. I'd love to come on with you guys. Uh, anytime. Uh, yeah, I love Winnipeg. I love coming to Winnipeg. And uh, everybody, I wish everybody have a great holiday season and be safe. And uh, I'll hopefully talk to everybody soon. And, and I'll be in Winnipeg in August. And roll tide. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot.